Not a children's story, but a child's story. Isaiah the prophet would say, unto us a child is born. But maybe that's why children respond to the story of the birth of Jesus in the way that they do. When they hear that God is like them, that when it came time to make himself known in a tangible, in a tactile way that he would be able to be touched, he would be able to be heard, he would be able to be experienced in a way that he had never been experienced before, that he became a child. And so a few weeks ago, we had our children, those who are part of our children's ministry, and they were here up on this stage and they told the story of the child. They told the story of Mary and Joseph, and they talked about Bethlehem, and there were shepherds here on the stage, and there were wise men. There were even sheep and and camel, and it was a beautiful picture. As our children told a child's story. Well, if they would allow me, I would like to, I would like to read that story to them this morning, since they were so kind to, to tell it to me just a few weeks ago. And so, what I'd like is that if you're a part of our children's ministry, if, if you're some of the pajama gang that's here today, if, even if you're not wearing your pajamas, but if you're part of our kids that normally go to, to We Worship or Kids Praise around that age of five up to around second, third grade, I want you to come and join me here on the steps for a few minutes this morning. So come on, get up. If you have to bring mom and dad or, or grandma or grandpa, you can do that too. But come on up and join me because I want to share the story of the child with you. So come on, come up here and have a seat. We've got plenty of room. You can sit here, you can sit down in the floor. I appreciate you guys wearing your pajamas today. You look very comfortable. I like your jingle bells. That is really cool. Come on, guys. Now, go ahead and have a seat. You can tell that these kids are not bashful being performers. My thought would be that they would gather around, you know, Uncle Chris and all come sit down here on the floor, but no, they want to make sure that they are seen by mom and dad, which is great. Or maybe they just want to make sure they can see mom and dad. Here's what I want to do, guys. I just want you to listen for a moment as as I read from the Bible a story that many of you told just a few weeks ago. And I just want to remind you that it's not a story that begins with once upon a time. It's, it's not a bedtime story. It is a story that is found in the greatest volume of books ever written. It's found in the Bible. And it's a story that talks about how that God wanted to make sure that you knew that you would always be loved. Here is how the story of Jesus is told. 
At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus declared that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for that census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel assured them, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened which the Lord told us about. They hurried to the village. And they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. You see, guys, Christmas is a child's story. It's the story about a child, the child of God, coming to this earth to show the love that God has. But sometimes, you know what? This child's story is best told by children. So I've got something special for you guys. I want you to turn and I want you to watch the screens here for a special telling of the story that you just heard. Hey, boys and girls, boys and girls, Christmas is a child story, but not because it is made for children. It's a child story because it's the story of Jesus coming as a child. And you know what? Jesus would grow up, and Jesus would become a man, and he would live a life of perfection to God. And he would end up dying and then being brought back to life by God. Also, you can always be with God. It's a beautiful story. And moms and dads, we want our children to be storytellers. We want them to tell the story of Jesus over and over and over. And so I want you guys to do something with me just for a moment, all right? I want you to um, join me in singing a song that talks about the story that we've just read and that we've just seen acted out. Will you sing with me, Silent Night? Silent night, holy night, holy God. 
you listen to the kids sing for a moment. Ready guys? Just you. Guys, I appreciate you so much for coming up and spending some time with me this morning. If you don't mind, go ahead and walk back to your moms and dads. Walk slowly. We'll even sing while you're going. Jesus loves me, this I know. series that we've been doing, we've been focusing on different individuals who were expectantly waiting for the coming of the Messiah, individuals who were surprised to find out that the Messiah would be coming. But today I just want you to think for a few minutes about someone that's not in the Bible, but many of us think he is. He shows up a lot whenever we tell the story of Jesus' birth. In fact, as you were just watching the video, he showed up there. Think about the different people that you saw. There was the angel, there was Mary, there was Joseph, there were shepherds, there were wise men, and there was also someone else that was there that was being portrayed. Did anybody, did anybody see this individual? Who was it that showed up? Do you know? Did you see the innkeeper? Did you see the innkeeper, the one that said, there's no room? Did you see that guy? The guy that pointed and said, you, you've got to go over there to stay? Did you know that the innkeeper is not in the biblical story? You say, oh, wait a minute, I know he's in there. I've, I've heard that ever since I was a kid. Maybe you growing up, you were in a particular play and you got to be the innkeeper. And you got to be the one that, that bust through the door at just the right moment and said, there's no room in the inn. Or maybe if you grew up a Seinfeld fan, you said, no room for you. You think that he's there. And yet you read the story. You read through the story and you realize there's no innkeeper. In fact, 
there's no end. You say, wait a minute, what do you mean there's no, there's no end? When you read through the story there in Luke, and it talks about how that when it came time for the baby to be born in verse 6, that she gave birth to a son and, and wrapped him, we learned, in swaddling clothes and laid them in a manger because there was, there was no room available in the inn. Luke actually didn't use a word there to mean inn or, or lodging place like we would think of a, of a Motel 6 that always leaves the light on for you. He uses a word that, that means a, a guest room. Now, he used the, the Motel 6 word later on as he's writing in this particular gospel when he talks about the Good Samaritan and how he takes the man that he finds on the side of the road and puts him on his donkey and he carries him to an inn to be cared for. But here he uses a word that he would also use later in his gospel story when Jesus, before he was betrayed, is preparing to take of the Lord's Supper and he takes these he takes these disciples and he says you know what I want you to go and I want you to find a certain man and he's going to have a room that's going to be available for you and when the Passover was celebrated in the upper room it was actually celebrated in the guest room of the house and that's the wording that's used here in Luke he said well if he went to a if he if there was no room in the guest house what's it describing See, homes in Jerusalem common to that period would have an extra space for guests, for weary travelers, for family members who might be coming in. And there was a space where you could stay either on the back end of the house or sometimes up at the top. And apparently Mary and Joseph coming into Bethlehem had stopped at a particular residence. Perhaps it was family, we are unsure, but all the guest area was filled by the time that they had arrived. Having no guest area in which to stay, the baby is born and then put in the feeding trough that would be there connected to the home. Oftentimes, the animals would be brought in right to the front door of the home at night to be able to rest, to be able to sleep, to be able to have warmth. And so there is Mary and Joseph in a home with many people who are there crowded it is census time the baby is born and then laid in the feeding trough you say well why then do we always talk about the innkeeper and why do we have this picture in our mind of someone saying no there's no room well here's the best that I can come up with it's that Christmas is our story and because Christmas is our story, we naturally put ourselves someplace within that story. And somebody has to tell Jesus now. Somebody has to tell God that there is no room. Someone has to be too busy. Someone has to be too hurried. And the truth is, it's us. You see, we read this story and we see that there was no room available for this particular family. And we have placed then this innkeeper that stands in for all of us who at different times in our life have just said, you know what, we don't have room for God. 
We don't have room for Jesus. We don't have room for his spirit. We don't have room for God to come in and, and mess things up. We don't have room. See, that's why the telling of the Christmas story is so important. Because Christmas gives us another opportunity. It gives us another opportunity to either accept Jesus or to reject Jesus. It gives us another opportunity to decide what are we going to do? What is going to be our response? What are we going to do in 2018 that we did differently when it comes to the relationship that we have with God and the way that we view Jesus and the way in which He is present in our life? You see, too often we're too jaded and we're too busy. This last week, my family went to a Casting Crowns Christmas concert. There's about 15,000 other people who were present, and at the end of that concert, as the mass of humanity begins to flow out of this large arena, we were met by a man and his son who were standing right on the corner, right in a visible place where everyone exiting the facility would naturally be able to see him. And he was standing there with his son, and his son was holding a bag, and the father was requesting financial assistance for his family. And as people walked by, he would say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And the majority, if not everyone that I saw that was in front of me, just walked by without even speaking to the man. And I did the same. I did the same because it's easy to become jaded when you see individuals standing at what is the obvious place, standing at the obvious time when a group of Christians would be coming out, standing there asking for, for money. It's easy to become jaded because of times that I've been stopped in the Target parking lot. It's easy to become jaded because of different stories that I could tell you of individuals who have come asking for money and not having true need. And so myself along with my family just continued to walk. And we were about a hundred yards down the parking lot when my daughter said, Dad, why didn't we give that man any money? And I began to explain the reasons and explain how that, well, you never know exactly what people like this are going to be using money for and, and to tell different stories about how individuals have come before asking for, you know, I went through the whole thing, all the reasons that my heart had no room. She said, Dad, can I go back and give him some money? And will you go with me? And so I turned and my daughter and I walked back the 100 yards and there was the man with his son still standing there on the corner as individuals were passing by. And I watched as my daughter went and took some money 
of her own and dropped it in the little bag in front of the boy and look at him and say, Merry Christmas. On that night, I was the innkeeper. And there was no room in my heart for God. But Christmas is a child story. And God used my child to teach me the lesson that I needed to learn. And to remind me that Christmas gives us another opportunity to accept or to reject what God is doing all around us. It's almost Christmas. In fact, I think I hear someone knocking. 